Welcome to Job Seekers Radio. I'm Andrew. And I'm Scott. This production is meant to provide you, the listener, meaningful support to find great careers faster. Whether you're working now or not. Today on Job Seekers Radio, we're talking about dealing with repetitious rejection and doing that with empowering strength. Yeah, rejection is something everybody dislikes. There isn't a human being on earth that enjoys rejection. Well, maybe I shouldn't say that. There may be somebody who's... Thank you, sir. Has other may I issues. have another? Yes. Um, <laughs> Uh, generally speaking, nobody likes rejection, and when you get it over and over again, that can really mess with your head. Personal experience was during the Great Recession, I was unemployed for three years, and I really had a tough time. I was doing a little bit of consulting during the time, and I that's work that I enjoyed then, but it wasn't enough. And as time passed, it, I got more and more desperate. When you're in that situation, the feelings of doubt are inescapable. So the idea of having empowering strength can seem to be out of your reach. Well, whether it's you being overlooked for a promotion or, you know, you're doing everything you can to get an interview, but nothing's happening, or maybe you've had some great interviews... And no offers. Go, yeah, yeah. Uh, and I actually had a call with a gentleman this week who had been looking for a year, 400 applications or some such thing. He'd had a handful of interviews and no offers. He'd and you know here's the thing, Scott. He'd also paid for coaching. He paid for a resume writer. He made all the investments. He right. he was doing all the right things. Right. And he was still feeling dejected from all the rejection. As I say, it's inescapable to feel that way. I guess there are a few things that I say to people when they bring this to me is, first of all, you have a right to feel that way. It is normal and healthy to feel that way. Um, You shouldn't get down on yourself because you feel that way, because this is a normal reaction. Yes, we want to do something different so that you can change the way you feel. And that's really where we, where we go with this conversation. The first step in understanding what's happening is rejection is never about you. It is always about the other person. That opens the door. There are many possible reasons why that person isn't making the connection that you want them to make. But it is not about you. It is not about your employability or your ability to move up or your worthiness or really any of the the things that we tell ourselves that, oh, well, I'm not good enough because fill in the blank, right? It's usually because someone else is reacting or they have something else in mind or they don't know what they want. That often happens. And as tough as it is to do a job search, getting those impersonal emails and no engagement from the other side it, it stings right yep. it, it and so i can see how that would wear down on somebody and it's normal for that to happen that's why we always encourage people to do the networking piece it's going to put you at an advantage but the idea here is they're not rejecting you they might have accepted somebody else And if that's the case, then again, it's not about you. It's about them accepting somebody else. But that doesn't mean they're saying no to you. They're saying yes to somebody else. Yes. 
And the, the other side of that is if they say that your qualifications weren't as good a match as they want, I encourage people to ask why. You may not get the answer, and that's also not about you. I've had experience in doing interviews where the other person actually gives me feedback, whether it's it, it was between you and this other person. I can't tell you how many times I've come in second. But the other person had X amount of experience that actually you know, that you didn't, that that's what put us over the edge for that person. And it was not a, a slight for me. It's just that person had something that I didn't. There was also been times when they say, well, you weren't as strong in this area. And I actually have a lot of experience in that area. Well, clearly I didn't communicate it properly or there is something else that they're deciding, but this is where he's going. And again, that's not about me. So I shouldn't take that personally. I like your affirmation, the way that you said that. And this idea of empowering strength maybe comes from, you know what, I did this. I can do this. I am, you know, the whole Stuart Smalley thing, <laughs> which yeah. is kind of silly. But, you know, the, the, the fact of the matter is, and I say this a lot with people that have been laid off, is the company that you were at, did they pay you to do the work? And the answer is normally yes. So they paid you for your skills, right? Yes. That means that somebody else will do the same thing. Yes. That's validation. Yes. The fact I've... that you're not there anymore is just circumstantial. Somebody else out there is going to pay you for those same skills, if not for the other ones that right. you prefer to use. Yes. And so take your, be the agent of your career future. Absolutely. And you, you touched on something that I think is important. For those who have not uh, gone through the Strengths Finder or Strengths Quest program. Uh, two different books, basically the same program. It's really, really helpful, not just to recognize what your strengths are, but also to be able to talk about them. Because when you speak confidently, whether it's an interview or a networking conversation, when you speak confidently about your strengths, your confidence rubs off on the person who is sharing this moment with you. And that is what makes you seem compelling, especially when it's in, inter in an interview. Knowing what your strengths are and being able to, to confidently speak about them will get people to ask more questions about your abilities. And that's all part of the process of just changing the story that's in your head. Because if you get rejected enough times, you start believing it as yes. truth. Yep that something's wrong with you, when in reality, that's something different. Often, it can feel like failure. And it really, I had to change my mindset about failure as well. Because when you start feeling like you're a failure, rather than, hey, I just failed at this activity, this one time, it was just an event, it wasn't my reality, it was just a situation that happened, then uh, my mindset and the story I tell myself changed. And what I started doing is it opened my mind to thinking about other things, like what can I do differently to get different results? And that is probably going to be the best thing you can do to create that sense of resilience. The, be, the ability to bounce back from multiple rejections is what can I learn from this specific experience? Because I know when I have been rejected several times working in, in a field where there aren't a lot of jobs for 
uh, people who do what I do, getting those rejections over and over again, to your point, makes me wonder, am I actually going to be able to get that job? Am I good enough to do that? Is this ever going to work for me? If I switch that around and look at what did I learn from each one of these experiences that can build on the next experience, and it may not be the, the full foundation that I need to get that next job. It's one more piece. How can I look at every rejection as a learning experience? That's where resilience comes from, because if I can learn something, then I can make something a little bit different next time. If there isn't anything apparent to learn, then I'm going to approach my next opportunity to try it again and get that learning experience. So now I'm totally reframing the purpose of this interview. If I'm investing in myself, I don't care as much about getting that job as long as I'm learning. And when you talk to your interviewer to say, hey, okay, so you're not gonna give me this job. I am trying to learn how to have these conversations in a more effective way. What feedback can you give me? Many of them will say, oh, I, you know, I don't have anything to offer. And that's because of their fear. Again, that's not about you. Those that do give you the feedback, that is a gift. Even if they don't give you the feedback, I think you can run through that process from application to interview to a no and say to yourself, okay, did I have certain strengths in that interaction? Meaning, did I know somebody on the inside? Did I have an internal champion to, right. to guide right. me? Uh, did they know me before I came to the interview? Had did I, I know them before I came right. to the interview? Do I, how much do I know about the company I'm applying for? And this is how we can make those fine-tuning adjustments sure. to say, okay, I gave it a shot, I gave it my best effort, and I gotta know, I did everything I could there and be good, be okay with that and then make that fine tuning adjustment. Maybe I need to in that organization, if it's one I really want to work for, is I need to go knock on another door. Maybe there's another team or another person or a willing ear inside the organization to keep that interaction going. To that point, actually, I, I want to give a little caveat for those who decide this is the company I want to work for and they're doing everything they, they can to get in and they keep getting negative messages from the different people they talk to, I think it's really healthy to question whether or not my initial desire to work for that company is well-placed. I, I know somebody who was trying to get, he's a graphic designer, trying to get into a design house, mainly a consultancy, but he, would, he was going for an internal position. He was treated rather shabbily by the recruiter that he had originally talked to. So he networked in and talked to somebody else who also did not behave well. And so in our conversations, we were talking about do they actually live the culture they preach? And when he had a third opportunity to talk to somebody and still was not treated well, he lost his interest in working yeah. for that company. And that is really what, helpful. What are the odds, though, that the three people he talked to were the only a-holes in that place? Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> that, but it does happen. It does happen. Uh, yeah. you know, and that is one data source. But I've seen people, I mean, Rich Lehman is a good example. Sure did 99 some 100 let's say 100 informationals to get his job yeah but he wasn't talking and to a lot of jerks along the way maybe he might a few. have i mean i've maybe met a quite few. a yeah i mean i'm not going to mention the company but yeah. you could probably discern it from some of our i've met plenty of those a-holes from course. that place but, but that doesn't describe everybody yes, at that place yes 
still, anyway. it's okay to to be okay with the no. And there are ways that you can take care of yourself in this process, reminding yourself that this is not about you, that their no is about something other than who you are. It is not about, many times, it's not actually about the skills you have. It's, if anything, the skills you may not have that they're specifically looking for. But again, it could be that they don't know what they want. Speaking of self-care, if you're facing over a long period of time repetitious rejection and you don't feel like you're, you're empowered at all, sometimes we need to take control of something simple, very simple. Maybe that's as simple as deep breathing. Huh. Yeah. Uh, 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 you know what it, I mean? It's funny and, you and you're saying, that, okay, yeah. I can control my breathing. All right. I feel yeah, well, empowered. But how often do we actually do that to stop taking the breath? We think about meditation. I used to meditate all the time. I haven't been. And I'm thinking, wow, you know, I should get back into that. And here you mentioned it again, breathing, right? It's something that we can do that actually has physical benefits. Slowing the breath down, clearing the mind. These are things that have measurable benefits. And I don't do them even now with the regularity that I should. So I won't hold breathe. it against you. Thank you. Yeah. The other thing is maybe go for a walk. That I do. Maybe throw some rocks. Not at, not, at, not at people. Please be but, careful. You know, or, I, or at I, their windows. <laughs> I was thinking more like on a lake or a pond. Okay, or yeah, you know, skipping rocks. Skipping rocks. There we go. Um, whatever that looks like. Just, you know, sometimes we just need to get... <laughs> neighbor's cat. <laughs> no, I, I, I would never actually... Oh, right. No. Okay. I'll take your word for that, too. <laughs> Take care of yourself. Exercise. Do things that make you feel better physically. Always helps mentally. And when you're in a job search, maybe even for a long period of time, there's probably some really key personal relationships, people that yes. you're close to, family, friends, etc., that um, you should probably lean into just to... Moral support. Yeah. We, we need that connection. All human beings need connection. Just to, to come back to the physical self-care, just momentarily, I read an article this week, and I'm, I'm not able to recall specifically where it came from. Um, it was about the effects of diet on depression. And the studies that, had, that were being quoted in this article showed pretty clearly that having a, a balanced, healthy diet lots of vegetables and fruits and fiber and and no process or little processed foods little sugar actually improved people's moods it helped them battle depression without medication or it helped them keep their medication low whatever that that was eat right when you're going through a long-term job search with a lot of rejection, your diet is going to make a difference. Huge difference. And it's not uncommon that you want to perhaps give yourself a timeout and just say, you oh. know what? I've been getting so much rejection. I just need a break. I need a pause. And it doesn't have to be a long pause. Just take a short break. We talk about this in several of our podcasts. Give yourself permission to stop for a while. It's really important to just breathe, stop, rest, take a break. As you say, it can be a really short one, but it's important that you stop and rest. And at some point, get back in the fight because this is a... Yeah, don't give up. Yeah, don't ever give up. Get in there. Uh, and I'm not sure why I have this in the show notes or the, don't the give notes. Up. For, <laughs> don't give up. I was thinking about, you know, what was what is the minimum standard to get into the Hall of Fame of baseball? Right. 
baseball and hall of fame. I I did a Google yeah. search on because <laughs> there are different halls of fame <laughs> yeah. involved. And yeah, exactly. I don't know that your, so your I was, batting average is right, but help I was thinking, okay, well, the people the in the hall of fame roll. probably have at least a 300 batting average, okay. right, to get in there. I actually found a gentleman named Ray Shock. He had a 253 batting average, and I thought to myself, how in the world could a guy that's five foot nine with a with a 253 batting average be in the hall of fame? How is that possible? You I, tell me. I don't know. So really, I you had to look. You had to go back and read what right. his assets were, and the reason he was in the Hall of Fame wasn't because of his offense. It was because of his defense, and in this case, he was a catcher, and by percentage, he led the league for catchers eight years in a row, he which also, has never been never been duplicated. You think about how he would support others in the 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 the, the game itself, the way it is played. Um, the runs batted in, the the other things that he he did for his teammates so that they succeeded. He was the, the epitome of a team player. And in this case, he had a 98, uh, 981 fielding percentage for a catcher, which is insane. It's almost perfect. It never happens. So what we need to recognize throughout this process is sometimes we're trying to fit in somebody else's box. Yes. Okay. That we're trying to be the guy with a 300 plus batting average and all these home runs. I mean, the, the guy played for 17 years and only had, he had less than 600 RBIs. That wasn't his strength. But if you're going out and saying that's what the market is asking for, then we're chasing something that's not us. Right. And great point. Why are you trying to fit in when you are prepared to stand out? If you know your strengths, and that's how you can stand out for this group, that company, that team, whatever, that is what you should be talking about. So have your story about your strengths ready to go. Speak confidently about it. You will get people excited about your strengths. So we'll have all the details on Ray Shock in the show notes, as well as access to a free resource. Yeah, we put together a, a free ebook for you called The Anatomy of a Networking Conversation. It's a, a resource that we want to give you just as a thank you for listening to us. That does it for this episode. You can find all the show notes, that networking resource at jobseekersradio.com forward slash zero five zero. Well, thanks everybody for being here with us. Uh, we acknowledge that you have invested your time and attention, and we, we want to express our gratitude for that. Head over to iTunes and subscribe to get future episodes. And while you're there, if you would please rate and review, we would be grateful for the feedback. There's also a link in the show notes for that um, iTunes link. Cool. So it's super easy to do that yep. right down below in the show notes. Uh, regardless of the device you're, you're joining us on, it should be right down below. Super. Well, I'm Andrew. And I'm Scott. Until next time, take care.